So if you turn to Romans 12, is where we're going to be uh, talking about living with those who create conflict. It's the way I've titled this. Living with those who create conflict. We've all been with people. All relationships have uh, conflict sometimes. And sometimes we're forced to live with those who generate you know, conflict in our relationships. And a conflict uh, uh, is, is a challenging thing. So let's talk about from the beginning. What, what is, I actually have there on your sheet, what is a conflict? A conflict is anything that comes between two people that needs to be dealt with properly for the relationship to go forward. Okay, let's see if this works. So you've got person A. Look at this. It works. And you've got person B. And person B has hair. Okay. And between person A and person B, there arises a conflict. Okay. It has separated person A from person B. And in order for their relationship to be something that moves forward, you've got to deal with it. We've all been in situations like this. Sometimes people ignore this, but then they call it the elephant in the room. You ever been in a situation where there's an elephant in the room? Something that nobody talks about, but it's very there, and it's very much in, in the way. So, conflict is anything that comes between two people um, and must be dealt with properly for the relationship to go forward. What happens when problems come up? What are the options? What do people sometimes do with conflict? What? They ignore the problem. Can the relationship go forward if the problem is ignored? No. no. What else do people do? Attack the other person. Attack the other person. Is that the proper way to deal with a problem? Or is the problem being dealt with when you attack the person? No. no, you're doing this. Instead of dealing with the... You're doing that instead of dealing with the problem. Can the relationship move forward if you're attacking the person rather than the problem? No. <laughs> so what do some people do to solve their problems if they don't? Uh want to deal with the problem, how do they get away from the problem? Get away from the person, away from the person right? Yeah. They, they leave a job, they leave a relationship, they leave um, friends, whatever, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever it might be, they run away from home because there are problems, and rather than deal with the problems, they try to get away from the problems by running away. So that's what conflict is, Okay. Uh, and it could be anything. I mean, it could be it could be something significant, something insignificant. So, um, to erase this here, when people have conflict, sometimes they will spend all their energy fighting the person with whom they're having the issue, and never deal with either themselves or the actual problem. Okay, this thinking comes from the source. This thinking comes from the source of. Uh, that means I'm sorry, it's poorly written, but. This thinking is the source of the words, I'm right, she's wrong, she has to change. Okay? So when you go back to our, if we wanted to draw that again, let's just find a place to draw it. If you want to draw our little people over here and our problem, and if you see the problem and you're like, it's her problem, no, it's your problem and her problem. Just, if there's a problem, it's a problem between the both of you. It's not something that is, uh, is only belonging to one person. Now, one person can cause the problem, but once the problem has been caused, it belongs to both people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just some ground rules as we go forward. So let's talk about some practical things. Let's, uh, what we're going to do is, I'm going to split you up into one, two, three groups, 
and it's not going to be hard, but you're going to talk about uh, these three verses, and you're going to come up with a couple things, okay? So um, we're split up into these three groups and evaluate your verses. You're going to answer the following questions with your verses. Number one, what kind of person is the verse or verses describing for me? And two, how should I deal with this person? So this is anticipating the fact that you are one of these individuals. Let's draw a little... Here you are. Here's the problem between you and this individual. And let's say, if this is you here, how is this person here being described? Okay? Because the Bible will tell us something about that person. Um, so look for action words as well as thinking words. So action words are going to tell you how to change your what? Your behavior. If, if I say something like... Uh, you know, go and speak to so-and-so. It's talking about behavioral stuff. Like, go and do this, speak. But if I say, change your mind or uh, rethink, or if I talk about thinking words, I'm about mindset words, about your mindset versus your behavior. So there's two different kinds of behaviors here. So here are three verses, 14, 15, and 16. What we're going to do is have the front row of girls, the back row of girls, and Jacob. And... Uh, and all the guys over here. In fact, Jacob, why don't you join the guys? Okay. Make it a little bit easier. And so, 14. You three girls do 14. 15. It's, this is not going to take more than five minutes. Okay? So, read your verse. Uh, they should be on the thing for you. And then what I want you to do is, there's a blank at the top. I want you to come up with your best uh, plan going forward for what the verses tell you to do. How the verses tell you to deal with that person. So, I'll give you about four, four or five minutes. It shouldn't take too long. I want somebody to read it out loud first and then talk about it as a group. So this front group is 14. The girls in the back are 15. These guys are 16. And I gave you a little box to write in. You can use that box and then we'll, we'll discuss each one of these verses uh, as a group. Okay. Uh, the group who did no, verse 14. Can you read verse 14 for us? Yes. Are you? Oh, wow. I wasn't really. I was kind of distracted. But. By me. I was asking Christy. Okay. Important things first. Um, well, it says blessed twice. Okay. Kayla said, like, turn the other cheek. And I said, maybe in the context of, like, brokerage. You know, not. So, what would be your. Yeah, not wanting to curse people out. Bless them. Who do what? What's the description of this person here? Person, you're, this, is, this is you. Who is, what's the person? What are they doing? Okay, they're persecuting you. Okay, good. And what's your, what's your response? Action. Bless them. Bless and don't curse. Okay, good. Uh, so some blanks here to fill in. The action is to bless. Uh, you probably want to fill this in. The action is to bless. Um, what's the temptation? To curse. That's why he says, bless and curse not. The temptation is to curse somebody. Can you think of when that might happen? Normally we wouldn't go around cursing people. Well, think about though, okay. Like curse, you mean bad words? Or say, or to, to, um. To, to say wicked things or to, to, to imagine bad things for them. Yeah. 
it's yeah. So here's here's the deal. To persecute means to harass someone. Okay, especially because of their beliefs. This is describing someone who will just not leave you alone. Harass. It's like they constantly irritate you. They are bugging you. They refuse to let up. They are causing conflict. And what are you supposed to do? Bless them. Choose your battles wisely. Yeah, but it's not only that. It's not like you're supposed to ignore them. You're supposed to bless them. That hurts, doesn't it? What are you thinking, Hannah? You're like, you know, somebody at work? I'm thinking of a particular situation, and I just ignore the person. So this is why it's hard, is because we're not supposed to just ignore them. We're actually supposed to turn around and bless them. Yeah, say, say kindness to them. Do kindness to them. Boy, that's hard to hear. I know. It's like, man. To bless is to wish someone well. It's to desire what is best for them. That's what blessing means. It means to wish someone well. It's like, so Hannah, I, I, I'm not picking on you, but um, think, about, think about like that person and how easy it is to think. I hope they get in a car wreck and don't come to work today. Okay, here's my thing. It's not someone that's like negative to me. It's actually just someone that I can't say the situation, but like they just irritate me. They're not in like they're not in any way persecuting me. Okay. They themselves like okay. annoy me really badly. <laughs> yep. 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 How would you go about blessing someone who irritates you or? Harasses you. Move to Canada. No, that's avoiding the problem. That's running away from the problem. Any strategies? Being transparent, I understand what Hannah's talking about because there's an individual word. And they're not a bad person, they just got the personality just rubs me the wrong way. I found myself okay. I can't act this way, but sometimes it's easier. It's easier to act away. It's just a lot harder to say, "Well, I appreciate you." Yeah. How could you bless them with your actions? Buy them a cup of coffee. Yeah. You come in to work, and you stop in at McDonald's to buy yourself some breakfast, which you should not do because it's terrible for you. But you're like. Ah, uh, buy an extra sausage biscuit, and when you get there, like, hey, I thought you might like this. No, 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 Christine, bad Christine. Um, Pursuing a friendship with them, even though you might not want to, you can pursue after them. In that, right. You you go out of your way to talk to them. So, exactly. You look for ways to encourage them. How about when you're, t- when you're with somebody else and you both are annoyed by that person? Can you believe what Sharon did today? Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe that Sharon was, was doing that. That's her name? I have that ability. I've been told to pick out, pick out names. Um, I've been reading your mail, you know. No, um... Yeah, so Sharon, man, she's just the worst. You, you said her talk about her. Well, what is that? That's that's cursing somebody's name. That's what that is. That's thinking ill towards them. That's being mean towards them. That's not. That's not what God wants you to do. Well, I mean, this is so 
backwards from what we think of in our world. Our world doesn't tell us to do this. God tells us to do this. When they criticize you in front of others and you turn around and say, you know, I really like what you're wearing today. I think it makes you look really bright and cheerful. The whole demeanor changes. So compliment the way they look. Doesn't always work, I know. Uh, bring them something. Be kind to them. Give them something. Um, oh, number two. So some applications, some ideas. Uh, question, who is the person persecuting you right now? How can you bless them? What happens to someone who, what happens to someone who is persecuting when you bless them instead of curse them? What does it do? It, imagine a situation where you, instead of uh, be mean to that person and curse them and, and, and come at them, you instead bless them. Yes, Kevin, you got an idea? You, um, would they feel like they would feel ashamed after yeah. they feel They feel ashamed. They're embarrassed about what happened. Yeah. But you didn't retaliate. They're expecting you to retaliate, and you don't. Yeah. Anything else? I think when you react, you justify what they've done. When you don't, you take away their, their excuse or their... Yeah. Engaging in the battle, you disarm their cause. I, I put it will take all the wind out of their sails. It will diffuse the situation. Use two metaphors. Have you have just they get they get all excited, and then when you you compliment them or say something nice to them, it totally it, it, they what what are they going to do? Come back at you again? You know, it, oh, so let's keep going. Okay, second group. Girls in the back, what'd you come up with? You want to know what was your, no, just tell us like what, what, read the verse and then tell us what you took from it or what you, what was the header? My header for this last one was bless those who persecute you. What's, what'd you come up with for this one? You got it, Elena. So it says be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Okay. Say for her, since she got married, we should all be happy because she's happy. Right. Um, and then, like, if someone had a bad week, you should feel sad. For, I don't yeah, know. no, that's great. Um, I said be sensitive to the temperaments of others, is how I put it. Be sensitive to the temperaments of others. So rejoice with those who rejoice. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Or, as I say, be happy uh, with those who are happy. Um, you might think this isn't that hard. How could it possibly be hard for me to be happy with those who are happy? I mean, think about it. Why are they happy? Are they happy because they've received something uh, good? Great. Why would, it be ha- why would it be difficult, maybe? Why does Paul have to tell us to be happy with those who are happy or rejoice with those who rejoice? Can you think of a situation where someone's rejoicing and it does not make you happy at all? It would make you jealous because okay. Anticipating a promotion, or, or just even some something in all their lives that you are, you know, expecting in yours. Like I, I so, yeah, yeah, you know, not maybe you'll have kids, and just so you you haven't had kids, and y'all aren't married, most of you. But you, you know, you've been wanting to have kids for a while, and you're and you're going on Facebook, and you see all these babies, and those people are rejoicing, and you should rejoice with them. But what are you feeling inside? Maybe a little bit of envy. People getting married. In fact, you've been in like 20 weddings. And you keep getting in weddings, and you're like, what in the world? When will I ever get married? Somebody else gets engaged, and instead of rejoicing, what do you do? 
You throw a drink across the room is what you do. Because you're mad. You throw a drink across the room or something. I just pick something random. You know, you, you get angry. You, 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 get, you get animated. You're like, you should be happy for that person, but you can't bring yourself to be happy to that person because you're, you want that. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard. It's not, it's not always easy. Yes, ma'am. Right, well, maybe even they don't deserve it. Maybe it's just that they are, God has blessed them. And your job, and, and, and oh, let's do the next one. Weep with those who weep. That's learning empathy. Okay, when people go through troubles, it's very hard to weep with them, it's, it, especially when you're going through good times. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just bought a house, you got a good car, maybe you're traveling a lot, enjoying, maybe you've graduated school, you, you know, you're paying off your debt, or whatever it might be, whatever your situation is, and you're feeling pretty good about life, and you have a friend who loses a neighbor, loses a loved one, maybe goes through a financial hardship, and, and they're, they're, they're broken, and you're like, come on, it's not that big of a deal. You're like, get up, it's all right. You see how that could be? Or annoyed. Yeah. Instead of like just snap out of it. Yeah, just deal with it. Um, so the key to both of these things I, I have is selflessness in dealing with other people. Okay, think about it. If you view other people through your own self, it's very hard to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Because it doesn't matter. Like Those other people are going through something and you're like, eh, what matters is me. So I'm not going to rejoice with her for getting married. I'm not going to rejoice for him for getting that promotion. I wanted that promotion. Well, what are you doing? Think about yourself, aren't you? Selfishness. So the key is selflessness in dealing with other people. Rather than forcing them to think through your way of seeing the world, the Bible says saying that you need to be sensitive to how other people are feeling and respond properly. Last group, guys. Oh, actually, I just said my application is think of someone to rejoice with and think of someone to weep with. And... Don't be selfish. Okay, guys, what'd you come up with for this last one? So the uh, person you're dealing with or uh, maybe consider them to be a person who's arrogant. Okay, an arrogant person. So that's our that's our secondary person here, right? Secondary person. Yeah. So you have an arrogant person here. And how are you supposed to deal with that person? In this case, it's like talking to you. Oh, okay. So maybe you're arrogant. It's telling you not to be arrogant. When you deal with somebody, right? Okay, good. To me, it feels like that's what Paul's saying. To say, this is the type of mind you need to be so... Okay. Seek unity through humility with everyone. Okay? Unity through humility. 
Because that's where he starts, right? He says, be of the same mind toward one another. Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean you have like a, a mind meld thing from Star Trek? <laughs> no, of course not. Isn't that Star Trek? Is that Star Trek? I have no idea. Uh, uh, I like the NIV says, live in harmony with one another. Yeah. Chelsea. Um, could this be like, okay, you're in an argument, and like you were saying, one person causes the problem, and then it becomes both of you guys' problem. Uh-huh. So what if it's like you're trying to see the other person's point of view? Yes. And don't get caught up in what your point of view is? Yes. That's very good. That is exactly right. Because when you do that, what's the result? Is harmony, right? Oh, well, yeah. You get See what I'm saying? Being in the same mind is basically living in harmony. Harmony is not the same thing as unity. Right? You know what, you know what melody is, right? You know what? Uh, you singing in unison. Everybody sings the same note. Yeah. You know? Everybody sings the same. Actually, I think it's supposed to be like that. Whatever. Everybody sings the same music, you know? But when you're doing um, when you're doing harmony, it's like this. You know, you have you have notes that are on different things, but they, they work together, right? Yeah. So you may have differences, but it's it's this idea of you, you learn and you listen and you and you work together. There's harmony. There is a sameness, but it's not it's it's not a, the same mind isn't necessarily mean that you agree on every single little detail. It's, it's like you, you got a common goal, but you got different ways to get there. Maybe, and you have a mindset that's a mindset that you need to agree with one another on. Um, oops, well, that was interesting. Body <laughs> fixing that. I was just going to say, I think that's something that really in recent years I've. I feel like I've, it's been kind of an aha in that I've always thought of unity as being being the same versus yeah. how this verse teaches unity or harmony as, um, you know, humility and kind of, you know, like what Chelsea was saying, it's seeing things from another perspective and not being proud. I've always seen it as like we have to do everything the same, we have stuff in common, and we have unity even in a community like this or church, everyone has to pretty much agree, dot their T's and <laughs> dot their <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean. But um but it's only really really diversity can be the strongest. It, it's not um, it's not Right, it doesn't imply sameness. It implies uh, that there is a working together, but you should work towards having a unity of thought. That is a a cohesive thought. You're working together. You should be. You're you're moving in the same direction. Maybe on different lines, but you're moving in the same direction. You're not moving in opposite directions. Okay, you might you might do this with like music. How it does this as it moves. You know, different notes singing in harmony together and move this way. But if one note's going that way, the other one it doesn't work. So there's a unity of thought, the, the idea of the, of the progression together, moving together. Um, this means, if this is true, this means that being contrary, being argumentative, or being stubborn are not Christian characteristics. Think about that. Do you identify as any of these as like part of your personality? I'm just kind of contrary. Sky is white. I mean, sky is, uh, is blue. No, well, it's kind of white today. It's kind of gray. <sighs> just being contrary. It's, it's just an illusion, it says. I'll, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're stubborn, if you refuse to budge, it's my story and I'm sticking to it. You know, this is my way and I'm sticking to it. That is not a Christian characteristic. God is saying you've got to be willing to be of the same mind. And how do you do that? Well, don't be haughty in mind. Haughty means thinking highly of yourself, being too good for someone or too good for something. That's what haughty means. We don't use that word every day. Haughty has the idea of I'm just, you know, too good for you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Or what is the definition of stubborn? That's a good question. Um, I think it depends on, like, in what, what kind, like, what do you mean? Well, I was going to ask, like, the difference between, like, being a stubborn person and mm-hmm. being a very, like, I know this is what I'm going to do. Oh, based on, okay. Like, a very firm kind of person. Like, okay. Determined, I guess? Like, determined. Confidence in comparison to talking Maybe it all comes down to like what is your, what is okay? What is your role? What is the, what is driving your confidence? If you think about it like a tree, like what is at the root, causing that confidence? Like what is what is underneath that confidence? Well, sometimes it's a it's a desire to do something good. It's a desire to do something well. It's a desire to see something good happen. So like I am confidently going to go to work. I don't know. I, it depends. But it's a lot of times stubbornness. What's underneath stubbornness is I must be right. Yeah, it's the belief and the and the feeling and the emotion behind that is is I'm afraid of being wrong. If I'm wrong, then there's something about me that I mean I must be right. I don't care how wrong I am. I must be right, and you must say that I'm right, and I am not going to budge because to budge means I might be wrong or I'm not God. Okay, so remember God's character traits. When you study God's character traits in the Bible, there are two kinds of character traits. There's Communicable, communicable, and incommunicable attributes. The communicable attributes are attributes like love and mercy and grace, things that God does, things that God is that we can also reflect. So you can love, you can be merciful, you can be gracious. There are incommunicable attributes that are like God's what? Think of something that cannot be communicated to us. God's Say omnipresence. What's that? Omniscience. He's all-knowing. Omnipotence. All-powerful. Okay? Are you any of these? No. The problem people have is they try to reflect God in his incommunicable attributes rather than his communicable attributes. And they say, well, I've got to know it all. I've got to be all powerful, and I've got, I, and I, or they might think they know it all. So they they judge motives. They say, "I know why you did that. You did that because such and such." They say, yes. Well, and I think along with that, you made a good point. One of his attributes is that he doesn't change. He, yeah. And I think stubbornness can be good if it's, you know, like you were saying, if it's rooted in God. God, this is what God has me to do, and nothing's going to deter me. God has called me to be a missionary to a foreign country or something. But I think when stubbornness becomes wrong is when it has someone's pushing on that. To, it, it, something needs to change, whether it's God convicting us or whatever. Right. There's a refusal because of I. It's just it's too much work to change. Or this is I've set out to do this. I'm not going to go back. Right. Because if I go back, then people will think I'm weak or whatever. Or I can't. I can't bend. Stubbornness not to be confused with strength. Right. I think. Does that make sense? I think of stubbornness as having to, 
It's like, I will not change because I cannot change. Because I, I, I. It's all based in me. And that's saying, I am, in a sense, you're like, I want to be like God. Like, I don't want to have to change. Guess what? You're going to have to change. Everyone has to change. I mean, you can have convictions. Those convictions can be based in who God is. I will not do such and such because of my God. I will, not, I will stubbornly refuse to sin. Okay, that's not based in, in me and me. That's based in God. That's your basis. That's your reason instead of selfishness. That wasn't a major point, but does that make sense? We good, we good on that? Is that, is that all right? Uh, he says, don't be haughty in mind. That means being high-minded or being proud. Um, so this means that thinking your way is the only way or the best way is also not a Christian characteristic. If you think, if you all, let me put it this way. If you always think that you have the best way or you always think that your way is the best way and everyone else's way is stupid or is, is, is not a- adequate or everybody else is just not know what they're, doesn't know what they're doing. Well, yeah, but you, you better, re- better start thinking, am I really, um, this is not a Christian way of thinking. Okay, so that will help with your unity. Because can you imagine how disunifying it is if you have a stubborn person who always thinks they're right? Always thinks they're right. I don't think I would want to be around that person too much. I wouldn't want to be around the person either. The problem is a lot of us. Sometimes we are like that, aren't we? Um, here's a verse. Um, Uh, what drives disunity? What drives haughtiness or your own lust? It's, it's really your own lust that drives this kind of conflict. As, uh, James 4 says, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is it not the source? What? It's not the source of these. What's a, uh, the quarrels, the fights, and the conflicts that you have are your pleasures that wage war in your members. You lust, you don't have, so you commit murder. You are envious, you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. There's prayer. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motive, so you may spend it on your pleasures. That's the same as your pleasures here. The idea is we have conflict with each other because we're not humble and we want what we want to to please ourselves and we're stubborn because we've got to please ourselves. Some people are like, i got to have dinner at the same time every night because that's when I eat. Well, that's not a good reason. You know, be flexible. I recognize you're not God. You don't have the um, prerogative. You don't have the benefit of not having to change. Uh, another, associate with the lowly. Don't just be friends with those who can provide you a platform or a boost in the social ladder. You know what I mean? Associate with the lowly. Not everybody uh, is, is somebody who will give you a boost in the social ladder, but God says that is... A selfish way of thinking. And don't be wise in your own estimation. Recognize that you have something to learn from almost everyone you meet. Okay? So unity through humility. Um, So in a very practical way, if you're having conflict with someone, it might be true that you're thinking too highly of your own perspective, that's your own estimation, or your own position of authority, that's haughty in mind. I have that written down. So when you have that conflict, the conflict might be because you think of yourself as not having as having a better authority, a better position, or um, your your perspective is better. So obey me because I'm the boss, or obey me because I'm smarter. You submit to me because I'm smarter, or you submit to me because I'm uh, the one in charge. Those are the two 
kind of wrong way of thinking that does not help with unity. Humility does not say that. Any questions so far? We have a whole other section, but I don't know if we have time to get to it. Should we try to plot through or should we wait? What do you think, Jenna? I think you should roll it over to next week. You think so? Yeah. Because um, we have, next week we're going to talk about overcoming evil with good. This is when it really gets convicting. Um, any, let me just open it up. Any questions or any thoughts on what we've been talking about tonight of, of how you should be? So the three I picked up, in case you missed the, uh, the, outline, uh, the outline thing, first was, um, let me find it here. Bless those who persecute you, right? Be sensitive to the temperaments of others and seek unity through humility with everyone. Any thoughts? I can say from personal experience that people who have experience like that and they, they have done stuff before and I'm like the little, you know, newbie trying to learn stuff and they, uh, they usually are very gracious. They're not the stubborn ones. They're like, they kind of smile and they're like, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> like, let me show you how it's done. You know what I mean? Have you been with people like that? You know what I'm talking about. People who have been around the block and they've done the thing, they, whatever they're doing, and they're experts. They know how to do it. They're not usually the, the stubborn ones. The stubborn ones are normally the people who don't know any better. And, and, you're, uh, and stubbornness is a power play. It's my way is better. It's my way is better or I can't change. And guess what? All of us have to change at some point. Jenna? Maybe I should just stop talking. <laughs> no, but I was just thinking. Um, you have I'm ten seconds, so. But I was just thinking about for myself too. Like, there's nothing wrong with routine and regimen, and but it, it, you know, we talk a lot about flexibility when we go on mission yeah. trips. And you know, I think that's the thing is you can be stubborn and for God's sake. There's, you know, when God interrupts our plans, then we have to be willing to go with it. But that's so hard. Yeah. And that's when stubbornness is revealed. I think. When someone else changes my plans. Yeah. Very good. Any questions? Was it close? It's 9 o'clock. I don't want to keep you late.
All right. Thank you for your good attention. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for what we've learned. I pray you would help us to apply it this week. Help us to be gracious and kind to those who are around us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us when we are unlovable. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.